people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I was always a fanboy. Oh, listen up, fanboy. The fanboy player podcast and we are live wow that's that's quite an audience that's fanboy better than Planet. has ever been fanboy planet i told you we're live and here's your host a man who has already polished off seven linguisa corn dogs and shows no signs of slowing down oh. Derek mccall if only that were true what this- is the record one, <laughs> I could do three. I I love linguistic corn corndogs. They don't necessarily love me, but it's not stopping me. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. To my right is my fabulous announcer. I am Dave Costa, and uh, our occasional contributor, the man with the best beard in fandom. Uh, that's Hugo Award winner. I was going with best and beard, Salman though. Rushdie's personal. Oh, I'm sorry, the beard. J. The beard won a Hugo. Yes, All right, and over to the. Uh, I thought Linda was your beard. Okay, no so uh, the, oh. are you two times in 24 hours? <laughs> that joke has gone through. Wow, <laughs> gone through. All right, and to my left, podcast producer and moral compass, Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. No longer evil, Rick Brett Snyder. We should. Oh no, he shaved. Thank I, God, I we shave. know who you are again. It's springtime, it, sort of. <laughs> springtime. Uh, no. Rick's beard. Okay. All right. And we are podcasting live, as, as Nate said, from Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Someone shout out the address. 398 South Bascom. Thank you. 398 South In Bascom. San Jose. San Jose, California. Directly across from Juicy Burger. To the best of but my knowledge, this is the place. to the best of my knowledge, the uh, only Star Wars themed bar in the California. planet. And I'm within five Maybe. parsecs. Within, within 15. Uh, there used uh, to be Kessel Run. Uh, down in L.A. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know if that was an official bar, just a place a guy actually just turned into a bar and opened up his house. Okay. But I remember nice. going there when I was, like, in college. But all I all I know is that uh, if you want to see obscure uh, Star Wars action figures and drink scotch, this is the place. So yes. uh, that's awesome. Yes. What all kind right. of scotch is that? Uh, this would be Fireball. I don't know who makes it. It's a cinnamon-flavored cinnamon whiskey. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's so it's lovely. It that makes your breath so, And so suddenly, uh, our guest of honor today is like looking horrified. But no, apparently you want one. Uh, so let's get on. You know, we have comics news. We've got movie news. We've got TV news. We've got right. toy news. But uh, the man that kind of encompasses it all is coming here. We have a special guest this afternoon. You know, I don't know if you counted the last time we had you on, if you get, had the honorific of New York Times best-selling artist. I think he did. Artist. Not, maybe not. No? Not at that time, but now you do. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mick Gray, would you please come? Please kick Chris off the table. Get here. And what we have, Mick Gray is New York best-selling uh, best uh, artist because uh, you are the inker on Batman and Robin. That's correct. Yes. You can use correct. either set of those headphones. Oh, okay. we, they've been sanitized. It's okay. For your protection. Oh, okay. oh and you oh, have... Uh, ooh, and look. Here's the I brought, I brought um, preview stuff for you guys to check oh, out. Oh, <laughs> you... We love you. All right. <laughs> yes. Tell us. All right. So, yes, you're here uh, on a propitious month because... Uh, DC um, 
uh, they killed our character they right they out from under us. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice, I, it's I, nice I, how yeah. we can say DC killed it, but like four out of five people couldn't tell you the character who actually killed Robin. Uh, yeah, exactly. Th- 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 it would be that big guy with bandages. Yeah, um, yeah and a, yeah, it's, it's the, the, fir- the first time in my in my career as a fan, like that's a career uh, where I'm gonna, it's I'm a going to, I will directly oppose and possibly fight Grant Morrison over his decision. Oh Lord, uh, me too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I respected so, him up until now. I, <laughs> so, <laughs> now, granted, he's probably got a sigil going to to defend himself now, but uh, but it's still yes. So uh, I, this is the day I thought would never happen. Yeah, where, I, uh, you know, I don't, you know, it was it's it's sad. It was sad leading up to it because I saw it, you know, coming and I knew it was coming and I, you know, in the whole thing about you know we don't we can't talk about it and and sitting there and drawing the pages as I'm working on them weeping and you know that this because think there, about there's it. a movie in that right yeah, there think, well yeah I mean just think about it. <laughs> the work, weeping inker you work on a character <laughs> a character for over two years and and you've and you've watched the writer and the penciler mold this character into something that the fans are loving. And, and, and I would say, and and I would say honestly, even more so than Batman Incorporated, where Grant Morrison, who nominally created right. Damien, even though the character right. sort of existed in Elseworlds, yeah. vague thing as a baby before. Yeah. Um, your book, that you're in, Batman and Robin, by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. and Patrick Gleason, that is that is the book that made. Damien into exactly. a fan favorite. We, we worked with emotions in our book. That's our. That's the number one priority behind oh, yeah. Peter and Pat. Is they work together and they deal with emotions. And the way they took this illegitimate son and father, who father who did not know how to be a father, number one, and right. kid that didn't know how to be a kid, right, and molded them into something unbelievable. This I, magnificently I awkward know, relationship. I don't know was if so I've moving. ever seen anything like it in comics. Which, the way which they did it. arguably, I mean. Best book of the year for me was the annual. Which, everybody, which, I didn't read it, but everybody was talking about it. We oh, didn't. Just, no, we didn't work on that. I mean, I know, Peter I know, wrote I know, it. I know. Peter wrote I, it. I, but you, I heard so much about. I wish you about could it. have done oh. that that book because it was just. Yeah, I got to go back and read it because everybody's at, been a raving father. About it. A father reading that book just gets so choked up yep. when you see that scene where Robin's taking his shoe Stop. and his father's Leave shoe me alone, and putting them next to each other. Oh. It's yeah. Something. I mean. So to see that character going down before my eyes and working on him and going, oh my god, you know, I don't know if I'm going to uh, be able to handle this, and and then, you know, I, I hate to say that I didn't that I didn't like the way Grant handled it, but I wish we could have handled it. Mm-hmm. That's what I definitely. Wished. I wish we. I wish he would have went. It should have happened. I in wish Batman we, he would have been the kind of writer, and he's not. That would have went. You know. <laughs> You guys are really dealing with the emotions of these characters. I'm going to hand this part of the story over to you guys, and you guys go with it. Because you guys are doing so good for, for se- 17 issues. We want you to take it. And I, I, I'm not pandering to you. This is on, absolutely honest. You would have done a better job. It, it, was, I, it was It was a beautiful. I love, I love, I love the was, book. I love the, the art in that book. But I think you would have done a better job of hey, pacing. I've, you know, I've worked with Grant on on other books. I've worked on books that you know he's written, and he's a unusual, outrageous writer. Um, and he sells books, and it's great to work on a Grant Morrison book. But I mean, I frankly would have just loved to have been able to do it in our team. Yeah. Was there much collaboration when when he was doing Batman Incorporated? Were, was your creative team doing much to talk to him, like, or is you know, as the as the reputation is? Grant Morrison's issue, just doing nothing, what he wants to do. I know nothing about how they collaborated, but when I read um, Batman Incorporated Eight, I went, I don't think he's ever even read our book. 
That's the way I looked at it. Wow. Because <laughs> the character doesn't seem... the Damien seems like Damien two years ago in Batman Incorporated 8. He mm-hmm. doesn't seem like how we progressed Damien to this point. It seems like the old Damien. Yeah, I, I see where I you're going. to say, I, I felt it was more like Damien down to business because it's a serious situation, so he kicks off. Yeah, maybe. He gets, he gets a little more yeah. hardcore, but I, I totally agree with I you. I've got to give him credit for writing that book and, and creating that character and knowing what he was going to do with the character right. from the very beginning. So how many issues ahead are you in inking to publication? Um, I'm just finishing issue uh, uh, 19 right now. So you've already inked the resurrection, Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The resurrection. Now, now, number one, I'm going to tell you. We right got now, it. No, you already I'm said it. I'm going to tell you right <laughs> off hand. I am the inker, and I know nothing about how they don't tell me anything. You don't understand it to the lettering in. Is that what you're saying? Late. I get a script late. I look at it and I go, "Oh wow!" And then I'll call Patrick and go, "Are you?" Is this for real? You're doing this? <laughs> That's the way I find out about stuff. They don't tell me. Hey, when you get you get the pencils, yeah, or the blue line or whatever yeah. it is now, the the layer in Photoshop. Or... No, I'm still getting pencils. Okay. majority of the time, I am inking blue lines every once in a while. When we're under under the gun, he'll send me a scan. And but you guys have been so, fantastic on keeping on schedule. Oh, we're trying our best. Yeah, you get yeah, tough. Do you get the script as well? Yes, I have to okay. because in the old days, if you remember, um, the pages were lettered. Yeah. Right on the page before I got them, and then I could read the comic while I was working on it. Right, it was the best. Yeah, not anymore. Now, the, now the pages are lettered later, and I have to read the script. And the interesting thing in our situation is Patrick and Pete work so closely together, and and they appreciate and um, respect each other so much that Pete will write something very ambiguously, and Patrick will just take it somewhere else, and then I'll get a script and I'll go. I don't see this on this. my page at all. So I have to call him and go, well, and he'll go, well, I took that page of the script and split it into two and made a splash over here. And so it's just very odd. So I have to talk directly with those guys a lot just so I know what's going on. But it's so much fun. So you're that close. You're, uh, you're inking 19 now. Just I'm, I'm in deadline crunch. I shouldn't be here right now. I got three pages left. <laughs> Uh, you were never here at all. What do you mean? What? <laughs> and is that is that typical? Like you you are only one issue ahead when they would love us to be two uh-huh. or more. You know that's what you know the whole thing about New Fifty Two when it restarted was everything would be on time from then on out, and it, they've been doing good by with edict. It. It's on time, and if you're not, you're out. Mm-hmm. And so Patrick moves at a at a pace that he is very comfortable with, and it's hard <laughs> to change that. Right. It's hard to go. Okay, you're going to move double time now. And so we just get them done. We get them done. With some of these pencilers, uh, I mean, Patrick is definitely one who it seems that his art is so detailed and there's such a demand from fandom that it'd be a lot more realistic than, say, the days of, you know, Vinnie Coletta. Uh, (laughs) I mean, mean, seriously. Yeah. Poor Vinnie. Well, but he seems like an artist who it's one book a month. I hope he's well paid because I can't imagine that he would have time to do anything well else. Well paid in comics do not mix very well unless you're Alex Ross, I guess. But All right. I mean, okay, so look, I have my making a living. I have my, you're making a living. <laughs> but you're making a living in the Silicon Valley. So and, uh, Yes, and that and that is, you know, but... So your the, wife the, is an heiress, right? That was it. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm hoping she gets... Oh, sorry. That, don't, don't put that on <laughs> either. Uh, but the, you know, the thing about working in comics is that you love it so much that you find a way to make your life work by what you're making. Now, we're working on a top ten book, top five for DC Comics, 
So that's we get something in, in, in return for that. You know, we get royalties off of the books that sell. And like you said, New York Times bestseller hardcover. Um, uh, that helps. Book. And that helps a lot. Yeah. That brings in extra extra money that you don't even expect to get. You know, so right, right, right. Sometimes it's five dollars from an Italian imprint. You know, that's you know, and you go, wow, a five dollar check. Oh my god. But then other times it's you know it's a big deal. You know, so so can't bank on it, but it's coming in. And as we mentioned before, you're on a lot of those books that people would buy over and over the Joker, the graphic novel by Brian that's Azzarello. All, you know, and that's Lieber one of the Mayo. big things in my in my um, career is to try to have books to be on books. I, of course, I never know that's going to happen, but I'm hoping to be on books that DC will keep in print. Well, you know, Promethea, Amazon. you're in Promethea, or, and they're going to keep in print if only can, to make Alan more mad. Right. So just to, just to, <laughs> just to so just punch that. him a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean that book they keep reprinting in other formats. Promethea is coming out in, in two months in, a, in what they're calling absolute, landscape. Oh, landscape. Wow. Yeah. So all well, you remember it was all double page spreads, pretty right, much. right, right. So now you won't be have a page cut in the middle. It'll oh. just be a, the double page spread will be one page. That's awesome. So it's Damn gonna be interesting. It, DC. <laughs> I'm waiting for the artist edition of that book, though. I want the oh yeah size. Yeah, um, that'd be neat. Now you're, you're redoing Albi. Um, yeah, well, I have it in digital form now. That's okay. available. Well, on talk, my a, talk a little bit about. It. Not everybody knows right. you I and I know what that is. Yeah, Albi um, Mouse is, yeah. is my creation. He only exists in my mind, nowhere else in the world, and and in a book, a, an ABC book that I made in 2009. Um, I made it in black and white at that point. Now it's an ABC, not an not an American Broadcasting Company. No, no, it's actually an ABC, so you can learn the ABCs because we all know that we're all illiterate, pretty much. So it's good to learn. I know I am those ABCs. You know, but you would sell out to the. Disney Corporation, right? I'd sell out to anybody. Yeah, okay. I don't, you know, they want somebody wants to publish my book, you can publish it. <laughs> I've never had any luck with there. So I published it myself. I made it myself. I've only printed 200 copies of it or something like that. But, it, you know, when I started seeing the digital uh, kids' book um, market, wow, this could be something good. You know, I went, we went color. It was originally a black and white book. We went color mm-hmm, with it. That. So now it's available um, digitally um, in color. And, you know, I, like I've said about that book over and over again, I don't really care where it goes, what it, what happens with it. It's just my labor of love. It was what I did. And well, I, where can moms get it? They can get it through iTunes or through uh, yes, you can get it in, get it through iTunes if you go to my website www.mickgray.net. You can get a link here directly to it. But yeah, it's available through iTunes iTunes too. And it's just a you know an interesting little um, ABC book that you can learn words with your kids. You'll be going to the dictionary with your children, which is kind of neat. I always Excellent. thought that was kind of the reason I did it. I went hey. Let's make this so, uh, you know, parents and kids can learn together. I don't think we ever talked about this. The Albi character, is that based on anyone in particular? Well, kind of, it looks we talk about that. I have a couple owls in my family. I have, a, I have Albert Gray, my, my, um, my, uh, my uncle, and, um, and my grandfather was Al, too. So it was kind of named after him. But then the bee just came along because, remember the wrapper the Albi Shure? Nobody yes. remembers him. Yes, I do. Nate does, but, yes. And, and I never knew his music at all, but I liked the way the flow of that name went. And so I always thought there's bee, the, mean, the bee means nothing to Albie Mouse, but I always thought one of these days I'll do a contest and have it, the fandoms name it. What does the bee stand for? But I've never done it. <laughs> I've never done it. All right. But he's pretty much on hold until someday when I'm, I have more inspiration, more time, and maybe somebody that's interested in publishing it for me. Because there's no mm-hmm. way I'm going to make another one of those and do it on my so own. So eventually we might get Albie Mouse teaches you calculus, sir. What was that? Yeah. An, an Albie Mouse teaches series. calculus. Wow, I could never write that book. <laughs> that would be impossible. 
Okay, and you'll sell three all to Rick. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and that's and that's worth it to Rick. But yeah, so, I mean, so my you know ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours a day is Batman and Robin to me, and I mean that's and there is no time for any other books. It really isn't. I can't take on anything. I'll take on covers to ink and, and pinups every once in a while and things like that. I always tell them that because I can always fit that in, but. I mean, I've been getting some offers here and there, and I have to turn them down because I don't want to get anything to get in the way of this. This, no. this book is so important to me. You know, it's, something, yeah. it's characters that I've loved since I was 10 years old, and here I am working on this, this top 10 book. And, uh, well, I, know and this, I love I, it. I know this table is all in agreement that, that your inks just on that book are just so luscious oh. and dark and just dripping with goodness. It, it, that's, I love, thank you very much. I mean, it's a, Patrick really knows mood, knows how to put down, like I say, emotion. And for me to just be able to capture that is just, oh, it's just the, the most fun in the world. The and you're still, uh, because though you may be on deadline and going home to ink after mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. uh, this is the weekend of the San Jose Toy and Collector Show. So I was uh -huh. reminded yeah. that you are still, you know, uh, I believe still running uh, a side business of yeah. Toy my wife still runs uh, Mick, Mick and Holly's Fun Stuff, which is a you know our our eBay toy collectible store, um, and we should be over there. What we do at at that show in general is we show up an hour or two hours in, before the end, and everybody just wants to get rid of stuff fast and cheap, and we go in there and buy up the stuff they don't want to take home with them. But I don't know if we're going to make it today. I right. want to. It would be. I, I have friends over there, a bunch of friends that are over there today. So. Like ah, oh, I'd be there if I could, but I got too much to do. Three more pages. That's all. I, <laughs> when I get to this point at the end of an issue, that's all I can think of is I want to work around the clock to finish these three pages. pages. Just three so pages. That, now, how long is that going to take you in real time? I mean, uh, in general, I like to ink a page a day, but in this case, you know, it's more. I want to do. I want to finish it. Number one, I, I teach up at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco on Wednesdays. So Wednesday is my. I'm, it's pretty much a dead day. I leave, at, day. I, I leave at noon, and yeah. I get home at 8 or 9. I don't mm -hmm. want to work when I get home then. Mm -hmm. And so lately, I've been coming home and working till 2 o'clock in the morning after going to that. And so this week, I'm hoping, okay, three pages. I can finish them by Tuesday. Boom. Go to school, and then i got to do my taxes. <sighs> Sorry to really bring everybody down. But well, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> that, that brings me up. You can work in comics and make enough money to pay, uh, pay taxes. taxes. Well yeah. done. Okay. Barely. You know, the only thing I always say about being a freelancer is that you can get creative with your taxes. You know, that's, you have to get creative. You have to think, okay, now what in this crazy world can I justify writing off to make it to level things out so I'm not paying there's a portion of your house away. because you use it as right, a studio there's right. all your equipment so there's a lot of legitimate things that you can write publications off. but you seriously have to be creative with it otherwise you're not using it to your benefit you know? yeah. they're using you mm -hmm. well we're talking too much <laughs> now we're, once, we're, once we're criticizing the government this, this, this podcast becomes dangerous and let's uh, <laughs> let's instead go I won't even go there don't even get me started no I don't want to I don't want to um, it was okay when we talked about the depth of a fictional oh, character but yeah. uh, no no we, drone strike uh, so anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> strike. did you just call in a drone strike Mr. Subliminal I did call in a drone strike uh, <laughs> that was totally Mr. Subliminal uh, it was, that was and uh, so I, I'm just gonna we'll, we'll end this with you know with your with your side business what is the currently with you, with your eBay business what would be like the dream toy the get that you're looking oh, for oh man because I asked the toy hunter the same not thing. Like, what is the thing? Well, not necessarily to resell. Something you really want. Well, I'm a Captain Action fan because I had Captain oh, Action when I was a kid. Oh, fantastic because I have news on Wonderful that. Wonderful segue. I, I love it because okay. when I was a kid, I had one. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things where you go, 
damn it, why didn't my, my mom put that stuff in a box, you know? Oh, yeah, right there no, with you. Didn't get it. But, you know, I, I have... The, well, now they're remaking Captain Action, some beautiful new versions of him. And, and I was just going to say, so this week at Toys R Us... The figures, the base figures are $18. So they dropped the price. Great deal. And the costumes are 15 bucks. Oh, man. See, I did pick up the, the base figure, the new one. Well, now you can get a costume for 15 yet. Yes, I just got a Thor and Loki to go up against wow. that. You know, well, I'm waiting. You know, the next, um, the next <laughs> series, they're going to put out Batman costumes. I've heard that rumor. I've heard that rumor. Oh, please. I'm so waiting. Oh, yes. Because that, that was a hard one for them to get the DC licensing there, and I'm really hoping that that happened. Are those a Batman and Superman? And Most likely. And, the first two, uh, and then Captain Action will also be in a Wonder Woman. It's that a very controversial really cool. That would very be really controversial cool. Cross-dressing Captain Action would be just awesome, but I don't know if they'll go there. <laughs> yeah. I heard something about a lady. A Captain, There's a lady, a lady action, action that they're in the comics too. that they revive. Yeah, they have a lady action, so I think they're trying too. to. I've seen that. Now, are you old enough to have gotten the, the original Gil Kane book? The uh, yes. Captain Action book. Yeah, that was pretty awesome yeah, stuff. That was, yeah, that uh, was with the whole uh, Doctor Evil uh, yeah, yeah. origin. And yeah, those those are awesome books. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that's my those are my dream dream toys. I mean, I love that stuff. All so right. Well, thank you for. Oh, it's always what was what you had when you were a kid, or what you almost had when you were a kid, or right. you know wanted. You know. Or your mother threw out. Yeah, absolutely. And there you are. And you are living that now. You are, you know, you're in King Batman and Robin. Ah. So what you wanted as a kid has come true for you. I know. It's crazy. I love it. And what you want now is to be up for 24 hours inking the last three pages. So we'll (laughs) let you. As much as it's it's hard to do, you love it. It's it's worth noting that his his daughter is actively an artist. In fact, she's been ignoring us. She said, look at it. For the whole thing, drawing out there in the audience. She draws quite a bit. I don't push her. Does she ever, does she, does she ever like ink? a panel like it's it's Mick Gray and the elves he goes to sleep and he's down there and his daughter comes in this could happen this could happen at any moment what my dream is another one of my dreams is to be retired and inking my daughter now I don't know if she'll go to that point oh my but wouldn't that be cool have you know like the Qbert thing where you had the what book would she like to draw yeah I mean really seriously that's big pressure yeah yeah what yeah what 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 book is she interested in adventure time Oh, jeez. Awesome. Okay, we can make that happen. Wow. All right, uh, we know people. Houghton, we can get the Houghtons. We can get the Houghtons. They, you know, they owe everything to us. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> our podcast totally pushed them over the edge. Yes, I'm just saying, indeed. before our podcast, they were drawing that, that, that cowboy book. Thing. After our podcast, they were on Peanuts and Adventure Time. So, you know, I totally credit It's us. a causality it's thing. It's causality, it's absolutely. Yes. So, I wanted to um, uh, congratulate you guys on 300 episodes of this too this is an amazing thing that's right i got that right yeah 300 that's that's pretty impressive yeah we guys are persistent you do not give up i like that yeah we usually get get better to do maybe i don't know it has nothing to do with quality no 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 it's it's just persistent god knows it doesn't have anything to do with quality but but persistence okay should the audience be laughing that loud they're all people it's we know. Recognition. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of nothing to do with quality, that was Chris Christie. So you brought preview Be- stuff. Before you throw me out, I oh. just want to promote issue 18. Comes out on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it with you. You can, <laughs> you can give it away as a um, trivia oh gift God. or something. But it, you know, this was this is not until we've read this it. It's a premiere. <laughs> this is you know this isn't out until Wednesday. Have you signed this one? I could do that for you. I think we need you to sign it for you. But yes, you will. She'll put a sketch in it too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to say that this issue is really special. I mean, it is a really special issue. It's a silent issue. 
it's the beginning. Bruce Wayne will be going through stages of grief for the next no, five issues. You don't start you're crying. Gonna make, yet. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> you open this. You cry when you in, in private while you're. No, reading I know this, this was our Facebook exchange when I said, "Are you gonna make me cry again next week?" And he's like, "Yes." But we really did. We really put our all into this, and uh, I hope people notice it. I hope it's not Damien's dead. Screw it. We're moving on. I hope it's. Oh my God, Damien's dead! What's going to happen in Batman and Robin? I hope people notice this because yeah. this book deserves people looking at it. I mean, like I say, it's a silent issue. It can be the quickest read you'll ever have, or it could be the well. The I'm going to say, you know, you've ever we're, had. We're back. To, thanks. Okay, you know, back to being the, the cynical comics fan is when um, you know Grant Morrison left that title pre New Fifty Two. I was like. Uh, there's no point in carrying on, and you guys totally won me over. Yeah, you took it and, somewhere else. And now it is the book that I look forward to. Oh, the Batman top of the reach. I, I love, you know, hearing, you know, the way, you know, fathers and kids are are checking this book out. Oh, that's just it. I can't show my kid that because he just stole the annual from me and said like that was the best comic he'd ever read. Uh, and I can't say. And by the way, uh, a month later, uh, they okay, killed okay. him. It's tough. <laughs> you know? It's tough, man. But these, you know, the way I look at this, the way I look at TV, watching with your kids, you know, use TV, use comics as educational devices to talk with your children and and talk about stuff. Son, do not put on a costume and fight crime. You sometimes, sometimes sidekicks don't make it. <laughs> And talk about the ridiculousness of Bruce Wayne you. even being a father, and you know, and having you know, taking on wards. But I mean, you know, oh but, to, but from a kid's perspective, that's a dream. It's serious. You know, it's like right. yeah, when, when your dad to be Batman, and yeah. so that's what it says. It's but just, these are great little conversations you can have with your kids. And if you're going to read, if your kid, you're going to read comics with your kids, hey, use them that way. You know, use them for those little life lessons and stuff. Why not? Right. What else are you going to get? Out gonna, of it? I mean, it's all, not just looking forward to the report on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric. <laughs> it's sort of like that, Joe. Well, Robin's on the roof. Uh, you know, so. Luke was fine, but Derek just kept on breaking. <laughs> I know. Out. I guess they're crying. <laughs> Shut up! But you're Why not you the crying, only one man? that said this to me about I'm reading it with their son. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that've been uh, touching bases with me on Facebook saying this, and it's just wow. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, you've got a powerful book. Oh, you've got a powerful title, you. a fun title, and the one that could have. Well, it has re- been a flagship of reinvigorating the new 52. And my frustration is Damien was the character that really kids were coming in and reading. Yeah, and that's a loss, like you said. Yeah. If we were picking up younger audiences with this character and we've lost that, that was a bad move. Now, we know, I, I think it was a bad move to begin with. But, I mean, you know the way comics are. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But, seriously, anything can happen. So, yeah. I hope he doesn't. And that's come back number nineteen. Zombie. I hope yeah, he doesn't yeah, yeah. come back as a zombie. <laughs> that's a all I don't lantern. want. Oh, I'm no. an anti-zombie. Black Lantern, Damien. No, I do not like zombies whatsoever, and <laughs> I don't want to see a Damien. This is why you and I get along. That's good. Yeah, we, we're. I'm zombied out. I feel like I'm in sync. Sorry, Nate. Move over. Okay, so <laughs> I right. know I'm in the in the minority. Most people no, these no, days just no. love those zombies. But well, well, we thank you for coming. We know hey, you, we know you for having time. It was so great of you to come out. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me, face uh, Facebook. I'm always on Facebook. If you want to see art, I'm a, I post art quite often. Oh yeah, you do uh, new stuff, stuff you might not see yet. Um, music, yeah, all, all my music, music fanatic. So I post a lot of music stuff. But uh, yeah, friend me on Facebook. I'm a, I, I friend everybody. Excellent. Excellent. So, all right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll thank you uh, look forward to reading. <laughs> Mick Ray, here are the seven stars, Bar and Grill. 
Hi, guys. Now, yes, I was about to say, let us do the linguisa corn dog tasting. Oh, oh my yes. God. Well, I've already been munching on last week. Well, we, here we go. We've got them here in front of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's spectacular. Yeah, we need to sign that. Thank mm-hmm. you, dear. You know what's amazing is somehow the corn dog breading milds out the linguisa. I know. This is the perfect melding of my two ethnic halves. It's perfect. <laughs> which, which ethnic half is the corn dog part? Uh, that would be the white trash. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be my father. Uh, God rest his soul. Under the trailer. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. And, Wait, was uh, he the ring on the little pile of dirt that uh, Agent Chris... Yeah. Isaac picked up. Yeah. I was totally making a Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me reference, and yes. I just blew it. Yeah. I I apologize to you and yours, David Bowie. We're used to it. So, mm. so what else we have to talk about? <laughs> There's some news. This so corn dog linguistas, linguista corn dogs, and how great Seven Stars Bar and Grill is. Again, I have to say, um, and we are going to call up the owner because he later he is a Star Wars fanatic, and we are going to talk about Star Wars news. But we got some actual regular comics news and uh, that would be uh, we've caught up on Avengers which a lot of things are happening uh, mm-hmm. in, in Avengers because uh, we now we, we've all caught up on it we've devoted time to DC now we can talk about Marvel and uh, we've caught up the Avengers made Captain Universe yes make sense what well within a comic book reference yes yes well I mean but but seriously as a character that's sort of like oh the hero who could be you now it's like it's tragic and yes. not only that not only that she's broken she, I mean Captain Universe and Captain Universe is as the forefront of the new universe ooh and so that was snuck past us Jonathan Hickman well, could the, take anything I say DC steal him away what's put cool. him on Brother Power the Geek and it will become the most nice. brilliant <laughs> character oh, ever written. I am so wanting that now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, uh-huh. you know, they they let us know about the new universe and the white event a couple of issues before they actually said it aloud because it was coded in the alien language. I know, but who a, has time for that alien language? Just lots of people do. Yeah, I know. And, and a couple of issues ago, they actually gave the cipher for it as mm-hmm. well, which which talked about the fact that Black Veil was actually... Nightmask. Nightmask. Did you go back and I read all of the uh, coded language? No, I didn't. Neither did I. But Does anybody ever do that? Derek, I know you didn't. No, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Like, when you were a kid, you used to do it, though. Oh, I yeah. did it. I would have yeah. broken that code the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have waited for the translation. He would have broken the code. You betcha. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. Yeah. It's yeah. a simple so, substitute cipher. So what we, what we found out was... There's another white event heading towards Earth. And anybody who knows about the white event, that was what caused all the superpowers in the new universe to occur. Mm -hmm. And we didn't find out until later that the white event was caused by the previous star brand, the guy who who has the star brand, trying to get rid of it by applying it to an asteroid. Right. During the new universe, star brand, the character, tried to get rid of that by applying it to a rock and blew up Pittsburgh. The, the pit. The pit, which um, I went back and, and reread about the new universe. That was They were trying to tell all the stories in exactly month-to-month chronological order so that yes. a, year, a year would have passed in the books. It was a great failed experiment on Jim Shooter's part. I really loved that series, but there was always something missing in the characters to make me really empathize with them. Well, one of the tra- tragedies of that line was that uh, Jim Shooter had originally been given a budget to hire top creators... And then they cut the budget after three months. Mm. 
And so he was, uh, there was a lot of Vinnie Coletta inks mm-hmm. and uh, a, a lot of struggle to uh, keep that on tap. And uh, so, yeah, it really did fade. And then, like a lot of things, when a, when a uh, concept seems to be floundering, they started re-editing the concept on the fly. So, like, justice right. changed from being, uh, he it was, a, was like a, almost a Judge Dredd from another planet. Yeah. He became a wow. homeless guy who kind was actually insane. Punisher Judge and Dredd. Changed, and changed into uh, a homeless guy with powers. Okay, that's cool. And, and they actually did. They did kind of spawn into. There was a Spider-Man crossover with um, briefly with. And then Warren Ellis tried to revive it a few years ago with New Universal, but it it fizzled mm-hmm. as well. So I'm going to say Jonathan Hickman seems to be succeeding so far, where Warren Ellis failed. Which means interesting. There's a curse coming. Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah. yeah, no. Does Warren Ellis practice magic? Sure. Damn it. Okay. Uh, you know. I mean, I know Grant Morrison and Alan Moore do. I'm just, just saying, Warren Ellis doesn't seem quite as dangerous that way. Just like he'll he'll give you a look. He'll give you and such that's a why look he's at the bar. Most dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, and then they launched uh, as they were saying, uh, the real uh, the Age of Ultron, which has been promised for a long time. Wow. Yeah, I remember ages of God. No, well, I, the, well that's, that's the first chromium color. I mean, chrome cover in a long time, though, right? They used to, they were doing this a lot. Yeah, like back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So this 90s. one was actually like metallic on the like outside. all the things that killed comics before are slowly seeping back it's in. True. And well, it's hey, just like hey, you know, no one will remember that this is why they stopped buying comics before. Do you remember? Oh, yes. Do you remember back in the old days when three D made its second comeback and nearly killed the film industry? Uh, back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this time around, it's making it work. And this time it's making it work. That's why they keep doing these stupid gimmicks because eventually we'll be stupid enough to accept them. Yeah, gotta say, totally. And IMAX, not even IMAX, fake, fake IMAX. IMAX. Yeah, mm. Fomax. I'll talk about it. Yeah, but anyway, the Age of Ultron probably took as long as it did to get out because they had Brian Hitch doing the art. Now you guys read the that one issue. I've read yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I read there was the free comic book day uh, giveaway that was also uh, Avengers point one, right? And that was sort of a tie-in to Age of Ultron. It was hinting at the events. Uh, so this one issue uh, started, it looks like it's Brian Hitch all the way through, eight issues, and they waited wow. for him to be done mm-hmm. so that they could actually keep that on schedule. So, well done. That must be the Disney influence. Um, just saying, you can't make promises you can't, you can't keep anymore. So is, is Age of Ultron mostly an, an Avengers timeline, or is it across the whole Marvel Universe? It or? seems like it's an Avengers timeline. Uh, it says present day. Uh, Hawkeye uh, get, goes in on a, I guess no spoilers, and a rescue mission where Hammerhead and the Owl are holed up trying to make a deal with Ultron to make sure that he doesn't kill them. Okay. And, it, and it, you get special privileges if you turn in an Avenger. Oh, wow. And, wow. and so they've got one holed up and Hawkeye's on a rescue mission and, and it's Peter Parker. Oh, and, uh, sweet. So, uh, and I would say it's actually Peter Parker, not... Uh, not uh, Otto Octavius in the body. It's oh, okay. the it's, it's really amazing. Like it's a, it's the amazing, not the superior Spider Man. Okay, and like uh, yeah, and so clearly something has happened. The Earth has fallen to Ultron already, so we're in an alternate reality. Okay, but as Nate pointed out, or are we? You know, dun dun dun. dun dun dun. So clearly something happened. But they are going to go back in time. A little riff on Days of Future Past. Okay, nice. But. Uh, one thing they did in this book that I really, really liked, and I don't know why I thought it was cool, was that they actually, on the back, had a page of 
the characters as you know them or who they are identified by their how they actually appear in the book because this is now post-apocalyptic. So there's a guide for a kid, you know, to say, oh, this is She-Hulk, this is Luke Cage, this is... They've changed that much. Uh, a few have. Oh. And, uh, you know, because they're, and they're also not necessarily appearing in costume because it's dangerous for them to appear on the city streets uh. as who they are, you know. Um, so, interesting, that was my take. I really enjoyed the read. Nate? Yeah, I enjoyed it. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, and you were pointing out to me that Superior Spider-Man is now going to be Superior No More after yeah. all that controversy. Num- uh, issue 10 is a great jumping on point, according to Marvel solicitations. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you know, nine issues is enough where Dan Slott can get Dr. Octopus as Spider-Man out of his system. And then how many of those, since people have come in here, how many of those of you are reading Superior Spider-Man and... And Tony Viador, did you give a death threat to Dan Slott for, for that? Were you the one? You were the one? Yeah, okay. Uh, so they ruined that story? Okay, good. All right. Thank you, Tony. Um, Tony Viador, um, one of my oldest friends in comics because he used to sell me comics each week. And uh, at the big guys in Mountain View, which no longer exists. Oh, I so miss it. Most memorable for when I cut X Men from my pool list, he would sneak it into the bottom of the stack. Wow. Would not let me not read X Men. That's a friend. That's a friend. No, no, I don't That's consider a that friend. a friend movie. That was like when Cable first appeared. <laughs> he was he was trying to get me to pay. He is responsible for Rob Liefeld's popularity because he was making me buy Liefeld books. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just take one young blood. First one's free, man. It's okay. There won't be a second one because Liefeld's already behind schedule. <laughs> but still, you know. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> also weird, I don't see Tony. I only see Tony once a year in San Diego. This is odd. This is like, whoa. Uh, so, yeah. But I used to see him. Oh, and he's a fan of Mick Gray's. That's absolutely. No, I, I know that. Okay, then that's okay, Dan. I totally am with that. Mick's still here. Mick, are you having a linguisa corn dog? Everybody has to. You should. Everybody has to. It's a federal law. Is especially. Well, now that you know this place, you're going to come. All right, so. Uh, and Thanos Rising. Nate Bitter, because our friend Joe Keating was supposed to uh, write the uh, origin of Thanos. Right. And now. And now it's going to be Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, who wrote uh, Nate Costa's second favorite run on Hulk. That's right. Uh, follow, uh, that's second only to Jeff Loeb's. Uh, so you don't like the Peter David one? No. I, uh, yes. What? You're not a Greg Pak fan? Derek is being what we call sarcastic. I see. Yes. Uh, oh. Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that that is uh, how I actually encountered Nate, or that Nate stuck in my mind. I believe he had been introduced to me once before. <laughs> But it was at WonderCon when he got up to uh, ask questions about when will we find out the Red Hulk. Basically, a twisted cry for, when, please God, will this all be over? <laughs> and they asked him, are you enjoying the Red Hulk? And he went, no. <laughs> Just like, and I went, huh, I think I want to talk to this guy further. <laughs> I think we need to find footage of that because someone has it. It has probably. And, and turn it probably. into a promo for the... Uh, for, <laughs> yes. Are you enjoying it? No. For I the think, Fanboy I, Planet YouTube channel. I think the, that girl was... The only uh, better stupid. rejection was horse on Red and Stimpy. No, sir. No, I didn't I like, like it. it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that was it. And I did want to point... Uh, but no, it's, uh, we, with Mick was talking about going on to... Um, 
because we don't have anything to say other than Jason Aaron's on Thanos Rising and we're pissed. Uh, but uh, that Mick was talking about selling Al B. Mouse on iTunes and Comixology has gone live with their Comixology submit program, which is allowing people uh, to be creator-owned, to submit, get reviewed, and if they are accepted, they can just sell their books directly through Comixology without having to go to print. And what I, from what I understand, a couple of folks who have looked into it is that it is not exactly the best terms. That no, they are. get 50-50, sounds like. Yeah, that there are actually better uh, terms offered through a couple of the other channels. Um, what's the one? Uh, comics, what other channels would there be? Comicstopia? Comics... Comics... Something like that. Comicsteria. I think the fact that you're having trouble remembering those names yeah. might, might account for the difference that is in price. The but that's something like 75 $75.25 or something like that. Yeah, I understand that. But you know, the, the problem is you have to pay something. I was just watching Shark Tank uh, mm-hmm. Friday night, and this is usually <laughs> came up. Um, you can have the name and the force behind you of a, of a business that people know, mm-hmm. which a lot of this nation, uh, yeah. of our culture, is going to go that way. This is why DC and Marvel control things. Although IDW is making this, uh, turned out this month they got a, they took a big chunk yeah. out of. And strangely enough, the now the best-selling independent book, My Little Pony. Uh, no, so, no surprise at all. No surprise at all. But but you'd go with a company like Comicsology because everybody knows it. And yes, you would only get, you might not get as good at terms, mm-hmm. but you'll have more sales up dip- fr- up front. Yeah. Okay. Now, what I need to know, and I, I don't know yet, is what about rights? Because the IP, mm-hmm. the intellectual property, is, that's for those at home, that is where the real value is. And yeah. if they're maintaining control over your intellectual property, mm-hmm. or take, keeping a piece of your intellectual property, then that's not a great deal. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to be free to negotiate the rightly or rights. wrongly, mm-hmm. movie rights, toy rights, whatever rights, because you want to be, I'm sorry, the other great buzz phrase, transmedia. Oh, yeah. Yo, I love saying that. Transmedia. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, well, should, we should form that company. Transmedia? Yeah. No, I think I already did. Uh, yeah, uh, there's already a Transmedia. See, yeah, but I do remember sitting down uh, sitting down with MonsterVerse, and I said, we're mm-hmm. a Transmedia company. Said, what the heck? And that's, you know, no. So you control everything, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything from Comixology's submit program yet, but here's to see. And then, uh, what about Batman and Superman? is being relaunched as a title from DC. That's right. Since uh, Batman has more time now that he doesn't have a Robin. It's okay, um, Derek. It's okay. We're all there for um, you. Well, except that that doesn't matter in this book. Right. Greg Pak is writing... Greg is writing it. Nice. Batman, Superman. Our close With art by friend, Jay yeah. Lee. Okay. Uh, with, no, good Beautiful artist. Beautiful artist. Yeah. Uh, telling the story of when Batman and Superman first met. Before the five years... Oh. Ago that they said in continuity. Although now it's got to be six years ago in continuity anyway. Right, so right. You know, yeah. yeah, For but people who don't know Jay Lee, he's been doing all the Stephen King Dark, Dark Tower, Tower stuff. And he just recently did the cover of Phantom Stranger. Oh, that with was. With the Spectre on it. Right, that, that's what I made like us that. Buy that was it. a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this largely because I'm a huge uh, Brave and the Bold fan from long, long ago. Oh, yeah. That'd be World's And World's Finest fan also. Um, but uh, nice, nice save. save. Thank was you, like, yeah. I was playing a lot of Temple Run. That was like stripping over the rock. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, oh, uh, uh, world's finest. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, ah, finest and there's a screeching fan. monkey. I meant when to was do the last that. time they did a world's finest continuous series? Uh, it is going on right now. There is one right now. But it is with the Earth Two Power Girl and Huntress. 
Yeah. Oh. Which I failed to mention in all the credit there uh, with, with Batman and Robin, the Power Girl Huntress team up had Damien, and Paul Levitz handled Damien almost as well as Peter J. Tomasi. Oh, wow. Because he recognized that the Huntress is sort of his same DNA. Mm-hmm. Damien did. Damien yeah. did. And they agreed, and, and then the Huntress and he agreed to treat each other as brother and sister, but not tell Bruce Wayne she existed. Interesting. So it was, it was really cool. Because she's I would read flying that. under the radar. Yeah, it, it's an interesting book, but it is not the world's finest, as you yeah. recall. Uh, so with this book, Batman and Superman, I'm excited about the book itself because yeah. oh, Greg Pak is writing it. Yeah, Greg Pak is. However, awesome. great filmmaker. It doesn't make any sense that somehow they have met before the first time they met. Yeah, and it's supposed to be an ongoing series, so in perpetuity, there's going to be some timeline before. Five years or six years ago, and it sounds it's like a they're, mess, and you they're know keeping a, a distance. It's yeah, not really it's a, a buddy book. It, it and yet they've like made clear in Justice League one it, the time that Superman and Batman met in Justice League number one was not the first time they had encountered each other. But they keep t- Jeff Johns keeps writing it as Batman and, and Superman are really good friends. So they're right. back to that idea right. that they absolutely trust each other with their lives. In, and in the new world's finest, it, no, uh, in, in Justice ba- League, in Justice League, in Justice League. Right. so. Hmm. Keeping them at a distance, I would understand Batman sort of finishing that, but uh, you know, keeping distance initially. But it is about a guy, you know, who's becoming warmer. So I don't know. I mean, Greg Pak will make it work, work worthwhile. Jay Lee's art will be beautiful. And we'll see. It's going to be a buy for at least three, four issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll give it a shot. And then uh, we've got a new team. We failed. To, we have not had a chance to talk about the fact that all the Green Lantern books are shoveled. Jeff Johns is leaving Green Lantern. His his epic. And I will say, no, honestly, his epic yeah. contribution to comics that when all the dust clears and we we can say that everything else he's done was horrible, um, that, that Green Lantern will still stand, I think, well as, to not say everything else is, is horrible, but uh, but now, that you, will be the thing that stands up. You're including uh, Guardians, uh, the, uh, the... New Guardians? New Guardians. Guardians. All yeah. the, everything. All of it's okay. being... But, yeah, and they've added... And but everything... But all those books are tied into... We say goodbye to Mick Gray. Bye, Mick Gray. Thank and you. probably Tony Viador, because he only came to see Mick. So, yeah, good. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, Tony. <laughs> it was great seeing you. You know, um... He's got food. He's got, oh, he'll be fine. That's wow, a, this room take got, us at least three more minutes then. This room suddenly um, got a whole lot less famous. So, oh, no. No. Uh, so, anyway... Do we uh, want to list all the books... Uh, we can, yeah. But yeah, all those have been that that if you just read Green Lantern, Jeff Johns has been uh, you know, doing one great epic, but every every crossover event has gone in and this last one, which is the the first lantern. First, first lantern, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I keep meaning to look back. I think Volthoom was like an old Golden Age Alan Scott villain or somehow tied into I don't know I, I know that name has come from somewhere and unfortunately the Zorlak has failed to look it up on Wikipedia it shows okay. up in Crisis if I'm remembering correctly I think so I think okay. so you know, yeah. so I know I've seen the name before so yeah. Volthoom is these are deep cuts yes. these are deep tracks oh, on the underneath yeah <laughs> let's play and was, he, was he the visible man kind of character yeah. with the nervous system you can I, see I, well I don't know that that's it either I don't okay. you know so I, I, I don't know exactly I haven't done the research because I've barely been able to ca- keep up they have time to just keep up on the Green Lantern books which I have ended up buying all the others and going oh well interesting new status close because what they're doing with this is Volthoom is actually able to rewrite their emotional histories and so it actually, it's Jeff Johns' last shot at 
changing fixing continuity, everything fixing brought. continuity in the Green Lantern books to wow. the new Fifty Two, including which I thought was actually really cool. I'm not that Jeff Johnson sort of did it. It's whoever is writing the uh, new Guardians did a really cool thing to make Kyle uh, cool, which was that Volthoom took him back in time to that moment, to that first day after he accepted the ring and uh, Major Force killed his girlfriend. Yeah. So it took him back to like an hour before she was killed and Volthoom offered, this can be the way your life is. She's alive. You reject the ring. You're going to be fine. And he and, 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 then, and then he said, no, I'm trying to check. You know, I'm, I'm messing with your head. Now it's this way. And he went through all these different alternates. And then he said, now you can choose. Do you know which? Do you want to be the hero? Do you want to be the, the loving boyfriend? Do you want to be this? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, I just choose whichever reality Alex is still alive in. And then it was him faking out both of them. And saying, no, I, because that's just not the way it happened. Too many people would have died without, without what happened. I did. Yeah. And so you know, he chooses to get over, hopefully... They will start writing Kyle without that whiny thing in his past, but Good. I've had that hope before, and they keep coming back to it. Yeah. So uh, you know that that he, you know, he's got to accept he's a hero after all these years. Please, it's like how John Stewart kept getting written to be feeling guilty about that planet exploding in in, in a cosmic odyssey that Jim Starlin and Mike Vignola did, and it was just like, I mean. Yes, I understand, but it was not his fault. You know? I read one issue, and I was decided I was going to get back into Green Lantern. That was the wrong choice. <laughs> which which book was uh, it? Was was it just Green Lantern? Wasn't it? Well, what with John with John Stewart being all whiny and mopey? Yeah, yeah, it was Green yeah. Lantern. For a while. You, need, yeah. you need like an ambush kit bug, bug character who lives outside. <laughs> you say you have to understand those guys weren't your regular writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just <laughs> so they just don't did it that so seriously. Cosmic Odyssey. They were hoping for some uh, you know ancillaries. Uh, you know, yeah. they were my for... dream, by the way, is for uh, Ambush Bugs Guide to DC Comics to be a monthly a monthly thing that looks at every issue. And mocks the choices everyone makes. Wow. Make him the ombudsman of uh, DC. Ombudsman? That, of DC Comics. Not the guy collecting alms for Bud. (laughs) Sure. uh, Ombudsman, yeah, that'd be great. Ombudsman. No, actually, he's appearing in the back of every issue of every comic book being published by DC right now. Because they've got Channel 52, which is like news around the DC universe. And he's a reporter. And is the only thing that's making that readable. But is, they only give them like one panel. But that is the best panel. It is the best panel in DC Comics every month. <laughs> so interesting. I don't remember seeing it in Dial H, but I wasn't really looking. For Should it. we bring it up our another another guest? Uh, I think uh, well, when we get when we get there to the topic, we okay. so we're going to talk about these new Green Lantern teams. Um, Robert Venditti, who is the creator of. Uh, the Surrogates, the with the graphic novel that became. Um, that became oh, the, the movie, movie with Bruce Willis, uh, which is not a bad film either. No, it's not, not a horrible film. Uh, so he's got some good ideas. Uh, he's taking one of the books, Joshua Hale Fialkov, who you interviewed last year because he was writing Doctor Who for mm-hmm. a while, Green Lantern Corps, and was writing I Vampire. Yeah. Now he's writing Green Lantern Corps and something else. He's writing two of the Green Lantern and books. Red Lanterns and Red Lanterns. Okay, which is probably my the least interesting to me. But which was me the basis too. for Raise the Red Lanterns, right? Yes. Perfect. Good. Uh, from the future, it went back to uh, Hong Kong. Excellent. So uh, anyway, 
And uh, I can't remember who, who the other writers Justin are. Justin Jordan is writing Green Lantern, New Guardians. Someone I don't know. Yeah. And Keith Giffen is writing oh. a new book, Larflees. Yes, Larflees was just spinning out of that Threshold book. Did you mm-hmm. see the Larflees episode of the animated Green Lantern? I have not seen that yet. It was, but actually, I want to look it was actually quite wonderful. I have enjoyed in the DC Universe Online game when Larflees comes out at Christmas. And yeah. uh, you have to stop him from collecting. They, from they animated the flies. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's go to movies because then we can bring up an, a guest, which is uh, the owner of Seven Stars Bar and Grill. If he has a moment, Paul Cunha. Paul, yes. we're going to talk about oh, Star Wars. Paul? You want to talk some Star Wars? <laughs> I think I can do that. All right, well, why don't you come and talk some Star Wars, man? <laughs> you know, true story, we went to high school together. Did you really? We did. And junior, and junior high. And you admit it, Paul. Reluctantly. Yes, well... <laughs> That's the adverb everybody uses. Well, it's not like it's really at fault. <laughs> no, no, you're right. It was just fate thrown yeah. together. Uh, stick the, take a chair, man. Come. We want to talk about uh, on. Star Wars. Debbie gave you some notes here, too. Okay. Well, yeah, let's tell you. This is a great time to mention that on May 4th, of course you are, the Seven Stars Bar and Grill is going to be celebrating Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And it, Yes. <laughs> Which, hundreds of years from now, will have supplanted Christmas and Easter as the greatest holiday. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hoping for. What are you getting me for Star Wars Day? day uh, we, we will not be celebrating Life Day. Life Day does not exist. Life Day does not exist. Uh, please, again, that just came up yesterday. Somebody tried to tell my son about the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I said, Luke, tell them about how you experienced the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> Five minutes and it was too weird. And so, <laughs> and so, it's like we turned that off. Uh, so on May fourth at an eight p.m. you'll be having the five hundred first members members of the five hundred first coming in I, costume. I definitely, I'm, I'm planning much further ahead than I did last year. Because this year, is think, big. Yeah. This, it was huge last year. Was, I was like, I'll last be home for Star uh, Wars. It worked out Day. really good last year. I'm hoping to do the same. I'm thinking with uh, planning further, you know, far enough ahead, I'll be able to get. 501st out here, Rebel Legion out here, get the word out to fans and friends and regulars. Um, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I, so uh, I had forgotten about the Rebel Legion. So this is a fandom so hardcore, there are two competing forces, one for the Empire, one for the Rebel. Yep. This bar will be left standing. I love this. Uh, <laughs> so no the, fighting. The, the oh, no, on Star Wars Day, it's like that day, that Christmas it's in World War One, where both sides... Like get together and they play soccer they and then they go back, yeah, and then they yeah, leave and, and just they, enjoy the, the and then night. okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, will there be? I don't know. It says details to follow, so you probably details to follow. Uh, last year we we did it last spur of the moment kind of thing. This year we're going to actually put some thought into it. Uh, uh, otherwise, it was just um, celebrating Star Wars. I movies streaming on all the TVs, um, theme music. Because I should say, every time I've been in here, there's at least a, 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 there's an, one TV showing an episode of Clone Wars continuously. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is dedication. What's, this your, is. what's your strategy? Are you going to be running them simultaneously, the same movie on all of them, or multiple? Actually, like one, one, two, don't three, know where four, to look. Five. No, in order. Episode one, two, three, four, all That's the way down. That's awesome. And I, I have, thanks to Lon, I have a copy of the Christmas special. I can throw that on there. There too. you go. <laughs> no, no. You want, well, no, if you want people to start drinking... That'll do it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh my god, no. Okay. Be Arthur. Be Arthur. <laughs> I, I we were lucky enough to we threw the word out there. 
We did have one slave Leia last year. Worked out very nice. It um, was Lon, but uh, <laughs> uh, we did. Uh, we th- we threw it out that we had uh, friends and regulars and even people that we didn't even know that just heard about it uh, show up dressed full on, you know, homemade costumes uh, from that level up to just t-shirts and hats, and then the five hundred first level with full on legit uh, storm. We had two stormtroopers. Uh, an X-Wing pilot, a Jedi Luke, uh, an Imperial officer, and I think maybe even a biker scout. I'd, I'd have to check. Did Which, you have anybody go up to the bar and just pull random people saying, he doesn't like you? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't like, like you either. <laughs> that, no, no, no. That, that would be good. I did have uh, a, lot of, a lot of people did have uh, took pictures with the stormtroopers. In, a, in an arrested position, you know, on their knees. Uh, yeah. uh, it is friends. amazing to me how many people like that. Because oh. the same thing happens with Stormtroopers and the Baroness in yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah. People really want to submit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? I guess more I don't know why I'm about the Baroness, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what costume do you own, Paul? Ooh, I have my, my own interpretation of a Jedi uh, costume. This, which I got married in. Side note, we had a Star Wars themed wedding. But, uh, well, right, that's why you got married, right? You found the woman who would allow you to have a Star Wars theme. It was her idea. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> no wonder you married her. Okay, yeah. I, no, I have my own interpretation um, that I took bits and pieces from here and there. All right. You know. Sort of an ideal representation idea, of the ideal Renaissance Fleming commercial. Yeah. What is your Jedi name? The Paul. The Paul. The Paul. P A W L L. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have you made it into continuity? Not yet. I'm working okay, on but it. You're, but we're working on it. All right. We'll I, I named my last born son Lucas, hoping to get in there, but I haven't heard back from, uh, from the big guy himself. So. <laughs> so are you setting aside a therapy fund or college fund for that son? Uh, that <laughs> I, I'm working on it. You're a terrible disappointment to me, son. You haven't gotten me into continuity yet. Uh, so, and so we want to talk about Star Wars 7, which uh, I know you're... you're very excited about because you like one, two, three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked yeah, about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so good to say. You did. Uh, so this week, there once again, George Lucas claims that he has, he had signed all three, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill, to Star Wars 7 before he sold to Disney. Uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, agent is saying, no, she was just saying that at some event. So there's still a lot of controversy. Do you want to see... Uh, the seventy-year-old. Uh, well, I guess uh, Fisher and Hamill are in their sixties, but you know, do you want to see the septuagenarian uh, trio in Star Wars Seven? I'd love to see them. I, I'm. I, I think they would uh, be a good addition overall. I, I, I'm. What I'm more concerned about, curious about, is is the storyline. What story they're going to use? Uh, there's so much written. And now in the expanded universe, don't know which direction they need a storyline that explains why Harrison Ford doesn't look as old as everybody else. <laughs> he uh, found the infinity formula. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, ironically, I, I can't tell you uh, Harrison Ford didn't drink as much as the other two. Uh, sorry, I mean no, because no. because on May fourth we're all going to be lifting glass. Yes, uh, yes, uh, what would be the, what would be the perfect uh, Star Wars beverage for that night? Ooh, I have somebody left here. I I didn't get to meet them. But they left me a recipe for blue milk. I was going to say blue milk. Wow. <laughs> blue milk. I haven't made it. haven't tried it. What but, goes uh, into it? I, I can't tell you. If I, I tell is you. Is it a drink you can serve children? 
No. no okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you get a lot of children in here? Not like we used to. Uh, there's we have a few regulars from the neighborhood. They'll come in with their with their teenagers, hang out. Okay. It seems a little bit relatively family friendly. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it the is only fun. time the only time we say no is on the weekends, Friday, Saturday night. Okay. Uh, otherwise, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's a good restaurant, good food, Thank you. and uh, there's so, dartboards, uh, billiards. There's plenty of things to do. And we have to note that the as we kind of noted that the the ceilings are lined. The edges of the uh, various ceilings are lined with action figures. It's beautiful. Now, was that your collection prior to getting the bar, or did you assemble this? You get the bar, and then you start, now I can go out and buy stuff and start putting it up? If I had to estimate, I'd say my action figures alone are up over 700. Okay. Uh, So the collection was there. These, uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, I I bought a, a, a couple boxes of figures from a uh, from a young guy, he would come in here, offered it up, and uh, just timing. I, I, I had the figures here. I put them up on the wall, and it it worked out. And you've, you've got a, you've got an X wing over uh, over there, and then the other ship is a B wing. A B wing. It's the one that's kind of off sided mm-hmm. wing. Yeah. So I have friends. I have more at home. I just got to make time to bring the the ships in to hang from the ceiling, and I'm. Tentatively thinking of venturing a little further away from the bar and putting up more of my, my collection. Okay. And uh, I noticed that you're working on a mural in the men's room. So uh, I believe it's a Death a Star sore, attack. That's a sore subject right uh, now. Oh, is there? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't yeah, really... but that's the idea. There's going to be a Death Star in the corner with uh, TIE Fighters, X-Wings coming Because that'll in. speed people up. They, you know, <laughs> get, get up. Oh, I'm about to be attacked by the Death Star. Okay. Well, on one hand, it may slow people down, lines forming. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little issue with the artist at the time, but... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, didn't it. mean to uh, yeah, yeah, bring up the band. <laughs> uh, all right, so anyway, so yeah, we don't know much about Star Wars 7, but you are excited. And, very uh, excited. And very at the very excited. least, people come uh, May 4th uh, to the Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Once again, Nate, give me that address. 398 South Baskin. It's right there on the window, Derek. Uh, oh, it's reversed. <laughs> it is. 398B. No, that's B893. Uh, that's, yeah. It says no drinks outside. So uh, it's no blue, blue milk. All right. So there we go. Paul, thank you so much for sitting here. Thank, thank you, you so much, much. for hosting us hosting here today. Us. Everybody here. That is so wonderful. Thank you, Paul thank you. Of course, I also love Paul because he's one of the three people in the nation who bought the Greatest American Hero uh, comic books. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful to Paul for that. Hey, hey, hey. I bought, I bought them. And I did you? I did. I actually did. Okay. All right. Two out of three. Okay. And number three out of three is sitting right in between Rick and I. Yeah. No, I didn't have to pay for my own book. I bought it. Oh, you didn't. Oh, no, I I didn't. So, uh, oh, that's three. Okay, that's it. We 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 had to try it. All right. And uh, so, and the the Iron Man three trailer came out. A new Iron Man three trailer came out this week. Much more, much more up. Much more, much less devastating. Much less around. devastating? What do you mean by the that? The second one they came out with was like, everything's just going wrong and, you know, there's nothing. And this one you have Tony Stark and he's he's taking initiative. He's going to fight back. It's, it was... I'm sorry. We've got Marley Matlin at the end of the table. Why don't you say up? Uh, <laughs> because I have to be able to chime in at any moment or I'm not doing my full service to family. Lon, you want to step in? <laughs> Damn it. Oh, oh rats! Okay, <laughs> uh, I just just wanted Chris out. All right, so uh, yeah, so let's just the, the second one did seem a lot uh, it was dark and it kind was, of like Tony's going to get destroyed. Come watch. And well, in the third one, I really liked. If this is the voice they keep with for the Mandarin, it's an interesting yeah. 
it's kind of like Bane, but you can understand what he's saying. Well, uh, yeah, I think that the, the key thing, the key thing now in a supervillain for a movie is to make sure that it's that comedians can imitate it later. Yeah, uh, and that people will do recognizable. So I thought, well, really interesting voice for the Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and a better sense of the Iron Patriot, and definitely, uh, which is still Rhodey. So sorry, he's not War Machine anymore, but makes sense. And then that last scene with all the, I'm assuming, robotic Iron Men in the yeah, sky. and the Hulkbuster, the Hulkbuster yeah. Hulk last day comes cool. through. Uh, and then there's space armor, which you can see. But Kevin Feige has said, no, they're not really going to go out. Avengers Two is not going to really relate to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's more like they're just kind of. That's a wave two thing, creating that cosmic thing. But uh, Tony will not be going out into space. He could be lying to us. Did you yeah. notice how the Hulkbuster armor was moving? What if that Hulkbuster armor has the Incredible Hulk in Isn't it? it? Hmm. That'd be great. And yes, my son did ask me, is the Hulk in it? Because now everybody <laughs> wants Hulk to be in every movie now. Uh, and Mark Ruffalo had to, had to tweet that, no, there are no plans for Hulk appearance before Avengers 2. Then retweet. Uh, should they wish to do a film, I would love to be in it, <laughs> but uh, but there's no plans there. In fact, Kevin Feige also debunked the rumor of doing Planet Hulk. Yeah, that's a shame. which is a shame. And, and but the problem is, I, we're, we you know we're we're back to that common thing is that Planet Hulk is really almost all Hulk. Bruce barely appears, and so apparently Mark Ruffalo is not a big enough actor. To just be a CG character all the way through. Yeah, um, yeah I called him out. No? No? Okay. Because um, so I, I you, you, you could rewrite it a bit so that he would appear more than he did in the magazine. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But then we'd all be complaining that they ripped in not enough Hulk. <laughs> that it's not Planet Hulk. Uh, you know, but that's what makes Planet Hulk work. Uh, so, anyway, we won't see that. But uh, still moving forward. And that's that. And, of course, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful came out this week. James Franco. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 83, $80.3 million in North America. A total of $150 worldwide. $150? $150, yeah. Wow. The dollar the has American really economy is in, uh, yeah, The world economy is in terrible shape. Yeah. Uh, so $150 million worldwide. Worldwide. Here's the shocking thing. So this is a $300 million production. And yes. it looks like it will actually turn a profit. It may no, have, no, it won't. Disney has very creative accounts. That's very true. Although it may also balance out, it may make enough money to balance out Jack the Giant Slayer, three hundred twenty-five million of which it made forty. But that's a Warner Brothers film, so that's, I don't yeah. care. It's not so it doesn't really. But it's a balancing act. Okay. We want all films to do okay. Your, your karmic view of the exactly movie all films to do, we do. okay. Now here's the amazing thing: I've heard nothing. That one sparks to do okay. Yeah, I have heard nothing but negative reviews of this film. Jack or of, uh, of Oz. Of Oz. Oz. Right. I've heard decent reviews of, of I, uh, Jack. Well, I saw Oz again yesterday. I took my son because it was, was the movie what he wanted think? to see. Well, I, I saw it Tuesday night and I didn't like it all that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked it better a second time. Okay. Um, the, st- the, the thing that still bothers me, and I guess, you know, I, I hate to be the kind of the reviewer who's going, well, I'm, I'm upset about what the movie isn't. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't do that. Um, because. Uh, what the books are is a lot of very strong feminine, uh, female characters who don't need men because that's just not in there. Baum, L. Frank Baum didn't think that boys and girls wanted to read about romance, so it's not in there. There's no sense of anybody being connected to anybody else other than, you know, um, the Tin Woodsman. Some had, de facto marriages. Had, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they're just 
sort of there, but Glinda certainly stands on her own. The witch stands on her own. And this is really all about how which witch can get this hot, hunky guy from Freaks and Geeks. And so that part of it was a little annoying, but then I realized there were some structural things that were very interesting. We should, you know, mention that why I was so taken aback by it being so women becoming helpless in the presence of this con man because it was, uh, the draft is credited to David Lindsay Abair, whose plays are very much yes, a cousin of Stephen Nelson. Um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, and uh, whose, uh, whose work, his stage work is very, very uh, supportive. He writes great, strong women. Hmm. And, on a, and on a second pass, Glinda came across as a lot stronger than I had really given it. And like she was more in on it, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt better. But uh, the witch played by Mila Kunis is so naive. I'm going to amend my review. So naive that not even James T. Kirk would teleport down and seduce her. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, because he would feel bad about it. So, Which uh, James T. Kirk? Yeah, oh, he's got, uh, it's like a real no, James no, T. Kirk. Shatner, 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 not oh, Pine. Yeah. Pine has no standards. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but uh, but it was stronger than I understand. And then um, Sam Raimi shot it beautifully. But the other problem I have with it is that it's trying to be a prequel to both the books and the movie, thus setting up the dream sequence structure without finishing it. Mm-hmm. And then saying, well, what is it? Is you know, It can't be. It can't be both ways. It either is or it isn't. And if Dorothy's was a dream, you have to just kind of ignore. Luckily, however, with the release of this, now the books are coming back in print. And I did, oh, did, I did confirm that this morning at Barnes & Noble that Disney itself has released two very nice hardback editions of The Wizard of Oz. I think they're all in the public domain. They too, are, though. but they've got a really nice edition of Wonderful Wizard yeah. of Oz and The Land of Oz, Marvelous Land of Oz. The downside is that, though that's the edition with um, the original illustrations, James Franco writes the introduction. But uh, I uh, was able to pick up, however, two... There's some but some other com- a publishing company, I think, called Aladdin, is doing um, the complete Oz. So omnibus editions, four novels in one. So I picked up the first two volumes, taking us through the eight, because I, I, won't, I have scattered copies. I want to just have them there. But, but if they somebody's, don't have the illustrations. But if somebody's curious and you would just want to... These are... Kids, kids' books and very fast reads. They're, yeah, they are. Ebooks are available. You should be yes, able to find them. Yes, it does say that there. It says get, get them on e. You can get yeah. them on ebook as well. But I still like to hold the book in my hand. And I understand. Have a I don't have a nook. And, uh, and this is very, very tiny. Even reading comics is very painful on Your this. Your phone is. Yes. Really? Yes. Uh, I'm old, Chris. You know, I look at you and I don't see old. I know. I see noble. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, so, uh, let's move on to what we're really excited about, uh, which is uh, March 30th. New Doctor Who! Yes. Woo! Yes, he returns uh, with uh, Clara. And we got pictures of new Ice Warriors and a Neil Gaiman episode's coming. We're, we're returning the Cybermen to the Doctor Who universe. And we just lost Lon. And, uh, so, and Clara Oswald. And Clara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I said that. Yeah, so um, we know. And Clara Oswald. Maybe, or maybe she's something else. Oh. And here's the important thing. There's a Neil Gaiman episode that's going to be yes. up. Which means I have between now and December 31st to, to find some way nomination. to get nominated against him so he can beat me twice. I figured you'd just, I just figured that was a given. Well, yeah. And you can show up at the Worldcon, and he will gladly beat you. Chris, so, Chris, even if you didn't get nominated, mm-hmm. he still beats you. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Nominations closed tomorrow, right? We're nominated, right? Yeah. yeah okay, good. Yes, we have nominated us. Okay, uh, good. Fanboy Planet, the best podcast in the world, everybody. Yes. <laughs> A couple years ago, yeah, I, I didn't want it as much. Now I really want it. Now that he's won one, I really want it. Yeah. Uh, so It's a shiny metal thing. I know it is. I want a shiny metal thing to give me validation that my life meant something on this planet. The fanboy fan planet. planet. <laughs> Jinx. All right. So, uh, and then we got a Kickstarter section because you've got a Kickstarter thing you want to talk about. Well, there's Nate's wearing a T-shirt representing a Kickstarter project, and a friend of the podcast has a pick- yes. Kickstarter as well. So I'll start with the. Um, there, if you like zombies, I love zombies, and you like playing board games. Well, thank so God Mick left. There yeah. are a lot of options out there, but I think one of the best ones, if not the best one, was last year's release of Zombicide, which was a Kickstarter project, mm-hmm. and it's it's a one of the great things about this is you get just get a ton of figures that are beautifully sculpted, different zombies, different types of architectural characters. And towns that are modular, so you can put them together in a very simple set of rules that plays very well. So this was one of the one of the top Kickstarter board game events last year, mm-hmm. and they're coming out with what they're calling season two now on Kickstarter. Which games inc- have seasons now? Which 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 includes Toxic City, which uh, adds the zombies that will actually explode and do damage. Toxicity. And oh, I get it now. And, okay, yeah. and prison breakout, which will include a city of prisoner, uh, a blocks for prison making. And if you missed out on the original, original zombie side, there are options on Kickstarter for getting all of them, so you can get the original one plus these two expansions. And it looks really, really good. And you did enjoy playing the first game, oh, so it's definitely worth it to you. you the, have, the figures are just amazing. You have kicked in. I have already kicked in on the first one and the, the second one, and it's it's already made its funding. So uh, now the stretch goals are kicking in, and additional figures are being added to people who have already pledged at lower levels. So. Okay, great. And then we've got Nate. Nate's. Uh, my brother's Kickstarter was started on a Thursday and was funded by Saturday, so now he's working on uh, stretch goals as well. But he's um, he published his first graphic novel, Pong: The Wandering Shaolin Monk, Volume One, with the help of a Zarek Award. Which I think the Zarek Foundation stopped giving awards, right? It's I believe they stopped two years after he did it. Okay, something like that. So now he's about to do Volume 2, which will be out for Comic-Con San Diego. And he needed, you know, some help getting funding for that. So he was uh, asking for 6000 It was funded fully by the, you know, two days later. And now they're at, last time I checked, it was around 13000 The next stretch goal is fifteen. dollars um, He's giving away, you know, obviously a copy of the current one, Volume 2, um, for higher levels, he's giving away Volume 1. There's a role-playing game that he made. How much to take his place as best man in your wedding? He's not best man in my wedding. Oh, actually. okay. <laughs> oh, that's sad. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much that would cost, though. He's a groomsman. Okay. But you'd have to not be attending Comic-Con in order to do that. Forget it. No. Hey, you know, I've got a, I've got a Kickstarter project, sort of. Do you? I do. It's an Indiegogo project. Sort though. of? Sort of. Yeah, it's an well, Indiegogo, Indiegogo. Sort of right. Kickstarter. Yes, yes. But uh, yes, me and the lovely and talented Linda Wenzelberger. Uh, hi! <laughs> um, we're doing a, con- a documentary series about conventions. 
and it's called Five Cons. We're going to five different conventions in four states and two countries. Over how many days? Uh, over a year. Oh. Um, but uh, we'll be... <laughs> this doesn't work that 365. way. 365. days? I mean, come on. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere in the world, every day, there are nerds gathering. Exactly. So we're doing... Uh, uh, the steampunk convention here in like Santa. right now, Steve is right. Yeah. Steven Nelson just gave me that. Now, now, nerds are here. Yeah. So we're doing five conventions uh, around the world, really, and uh, we're going to be doing up, I think, as many as twenty episodes. Are you traveling by balloon? Uh, I wish we could travel by balloon. Okay. Blimp? Uh, no, blimps are a type of balloon. Anyhow, um, yeah, but the, the cold basilisk stare of Nate Dawson <laughs> does not translate to podcast. <laughs> But we do have we have made our goal. We did it in about two weeks. Um, but we if we make it to five thousand, we're at thirty seven hundred twenty five right now. Uh, we actually are going to buy a new camera so it won't look like it was shot on cameras I bought off eBay for five dollars each. Um, so that's cause, great because those were Kodak Instachrome still cameras, right? Oh my God, that's yeah, what yeah, it was. There was a problem. But we're just taking them. Real, we got a whole bunch of them, so we're each taking one real fast. Yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah, be no, cool. I, I got it. Yeah. yeah, but we're on Indiegogo uh, five cons. Colon, a 21st century fandom documentary is what we're calling it. Okay. And there are some of our assistant and associate producers, not only in this room, but at this table. So y'all should support everybody. Let's give it up for people who give us money. Are you going to tell us what the five cons are, or are you just going to yes. tell us the first one? Uh, the first one is the Steampunk Convention, Nova Albion. Second one uh, coming up in May is Conquest in Kansas City, where I'll be the fan guest of honor. The fan Guest of honor. That means he's a fan. Are you going to be yes. the fan guest of honor? Yes, I am. I and then uh, we're going to be at feeling warm. He'll come up and yes. Get we're going to be at WesterCon '66 in beautiful Sacramento, California. I am kind of looking forward to that. I yeah. think you should be. Then we're going to go to the World Science Fiction Convention in beautiful San Antonio, Texas, aka WorldCon. WorldCon. Right? So that's where the Hugos. Where are. they give out the Hugos. Where we will be on the ballot. I hope um, everyone at this table. Uh, of course, Nate will be a best professional artist because um, his whole life is a performance art piece. Right. It's shocking. It's true. Yes. And then we're going to go to the World Fantasy Convention in Brighton, England. What award gets given at that? Uh, the World Fantasy Award, uh, which is a statue which looks like... Uh, it's sort of like you started with H.P. Lovecraft and you were morphing to Droopy the Dog and you stopped about halfway. Um, they are the weirdest, creepiest looking statues. What country is that in again? That's in England. England. Oh, you said England. England the first time. Um, like don't correct me. It sickens me. I prefer England. I'm not arguing that. It is fantasy <laughs> I didn't after correct all. You. Yes, but it's at Brighton, right on the water. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's going to be a great time. We're looking very much forward to it. And we're going to be shooting interviews with authors, with fans, with convention runners, with random readers of science fiction, with everyone at this table except for Nate. Um, it's going to be great stuff. <laughs> Well, and you should you should include Nate. He's good people. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, I feel like you are. So, okay. all right. Well, then that's it. Uh, we, we talk about Thon too. Right? We do. Well, we we've got uh, Thon. Thon is a board game that's coming on Kickstarter. Uh, T H O N. It's a miniatures game. It looks really cool. But we want to get more information about Thon. I th- just figured a, people can go to the Kickstarter yes. page too right now. Because it's a, how did you describe this? It looked really cool. It's but. a twenty-eight millimeter at its hardest twenty-eight millimeter uh, war game uh, science fiction. Uh, two factions, I think, are in the original one, and there are more figures being added all the time. But you can also play it as a traditional RPG pen and paper role playing oh, wow. game. 
and there's uh, rules for what they call free for all, which so I'm not the really best of all worlds. Yeah, basically. but the figures on this just look amazing. If you just you just want to go to the Kickstarter and look up Pawn T H O N and just check out the figures on this, because if you're if you're an uh, RPG RPG or you're a uh, you're a Warhammer type guy, these 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 just look so cool. Really? We've been seeing a lot of uh, 3D printer prototypes oh. pictures he's been publishing. They're just awesome looking. So. Yeah. Well, hey. awesome. And can I give one other shout out? I can't stop you. For a Kickstarter that is well and truly finished and is now making the rounds um, at CineQuest, which was this past week. You might have heard about it. Hey, I might um, uh, One of the shorts was called Jack to the Future. And it was a riff on time travel and dirty, dirty naughtiness. Um, a revenge story too. A revenge story too, and it was one of the it was one of the first things I ever kickstarted, and it is now showing on the festival circuit all over the place. And I just really want to say, if you get a chance, Jack to the Future. It is hilarious. It yeah. is it is truly hilarious. And, and Don't I, go with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I never do, and she gets very upset about that. But uh, I, you know, a question was asked to me last night. If a, because we do want to give a shout out to CineQuest, which has given us a lot of support over the last couple of weeks. You know, we mm-hmm. did an episode uh, interviewing them. We uh, certainly a film that I had some tangential association with was there. What really happens with a CineQuest film? So you have this short you love. Mm-hmm. It's going to make the festival circuit, yeah. but. What about the person who isn't going to a festival? How are they ever going to see this film? You know, it's hard. And what you really have to do is, one, you have to keep an eye out. Because these do show a lot more times than you think. Um, They'll show at uh, festivals. They'll show at uh, conventions, even. And if you just follow their... Typically, what I do is I follow their Facebook pages. Yeah. And everything has a Facebook page now. If they don't, it's not worth watching the movie, usually. A lot of times, you can actually buy the film directly from the people who Exactly. But the other thing is that usually after they've done their festival run, they almost all end up on Vimeo or YouTube. Okay, so you can find these a yeah. lot do end up there. Okay. And so the big problem is that for a lot of the films uh, that I would love to see on the Hugo Ballot, for example, they haven't done, they're still trying to get the festival because there's still the dream that will never happen of them getting actual distribution. And it just doesn't ha- It's not a realistic goal anymore. For shorts. For shorts. For shorts. Just for yeah. shorts. For features. features yeah, features it's still very all the time. possible. Don't say that. So, yeah. the, ones, <laughs> of the ones we saw this weekend, I mean, you, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, Midnight Children yeah. is going to go into some type of distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Citizen. The Citizen. Uh, which was the 9 11 uh, story. I would be surprised if Sparks didn't really. Um, particularly after I was talking with some of the distributors who were there who said that, you know, that was the type of thing they were looking for. Yeah. So, so I, that would go into Yeah, a so there's a lot of the features that will get distribution uh, to one degree or another. Uh, U.S. distribution is harder, of course, in European nowadays. Yeah, that's um, interesting. But uh, with shorts, it's a lot harder. And, you know, the, the dream is someday that there will be a, uh, a cable channel that will do nothing but show shorts all, all day. And so you want to announce your Kickstarter project to start that cable channel? Channel mm-hmm. shorts. Chris channel shorts. shorts. Mm-hmm. Garcia's shorts. I've got a logo for you. I love logos. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, that's that's good. I, I, was, mm-hmm. I was curious. It was something that I just take for granted. It's like you go to a film festival. Oh, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. And, and it just sort of goes down. Yeah. And, and so yeah. somebody asked me, and, and and someone who would not necessarily look it up on Vimeo either. The thing is, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was somebody who was in their seventies. I said, why, you know, who loves films but doesn't go to festivals, mm-hmm. and 
then where yeah. am I gonna where am I gonna see something? And there's a lot of it's it can be tricky. Um, the one thing I do love is that there is now starting to be some DVD releases of award-winning shorts. Yeah, I have seen that every now and then. And so. every now and then you're starting to see that. In fact, you know what actually started that was uh, the, in the VHS days, Hardware Wars. Yes. Uh, the ability to release Hardware Wars, poor clips now, and... As uh, a collection. Yeah, as a collection. Yeah. Really got people thinking that you could maybe sell shorts on video. And yeah. it slowly happened a little bit in the olden days. There was a series called Shorts Compilation uh, for a few years, but now you're starting to see it more and more around the clock. And the annual uh, Academy-nominated shorts programs have been doing really well. But I think nowadays, with the, now that we have a, a strong internet dis- delivery system, and we have, mm-hmm. we have the ability to go directly to the artist and buy directly from them, I think yeah. that's a large part of what, what the Don't tell the, the studios they're terrified of this. Yes. yes. All right. Let's terrify them a little but bit you know, more. But you know, let me focus. If, if you'd like to give us money, because we're wrapping up here. Uh, you, can, you can go to, <laughs> We do. If you want to see us to get to 400, we'll come here still again. Uh <laughs> You know, you can go to PayPal. You can uh, pick up things you've heard about on this site, uh, on this podcast at Amazon. We have a link down there on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, well, sorry, on the Fanboy Planet page. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, uh, you can please rate us, uh, tell your friends, of course, and subscribe. We're available on the Stitcher app and, of course, at www.fanboyplanet.com. This has been a great 300th episode, like no other 300th episode I've I ever been part of. I have to thank our live yes, and thank you our live audience for coming tonight. Tony, and Tony, I'll, we don't have to run into each other in San Diego. You're good now. You don't have to see me until next next uh, and March. A, a big shout out to our host, Paul Cunha Paul at Seven Cunha. Seven Stars Bar and Grill, 389B, 398B. I ran it, I ran it backwards. Damn it! Uh, see, that's why I need you. All right, three. Hey, uh, anyway, <laughs> California. Grill. It's, it's awesome. On it's Basque worth the Avenue. trip to California. Absolutely. Because of the linguiza, corn dogs, the greatest thing ever. All right. So, uh, thank Mick Gray for coming out. And thank you, thank Mick Gray. Gray. Yeah. He's not here to hear the applause, but we'll give it to him anyway. He'll hear it. Sure he will. Uh, and, uh, yes, so until episode 301 and beyond, I'm Derek McCaw. I am Dave Costa. I'm Christopher J. Garcia. Hugo Award winner. I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.